Hey, so just a heads up, in this episode that you're about to hear, we will be playing some music and some audio clips with explicit language and lyrics. So just be aware. Some artists work with paints, acrylics, watercolors, or woodblock printing to express themselves. Some use brushes or pencils or charcoal on canvas to convey ideas or capture truths about the world around them. Some paint murals on walls or ceilings or on the sides of buildings. But in Los Angeles today, there's a Chicano artist who labors on a unique canvas. This is from the 2006 documentary series, The Run-Up. Skin is the most hardcore canvas of all. There's nothing like it. You know, it's the only canvas that bleeds, shits, talks back, art directs you, shows up late, it's cheap tips you, compliments you, gets insecure, gets faded, moves. There's just nothing like it, man. That's the voice of Mr. Cartoon. He's an internationally renowned Chicano tattoo artist in Los Angeles. Man, with Mr. Cartoon, it's crazy to try to figure out where to start. This is Luis Lopez, one of our resident Chicano voices, originally from Santa Ana, California. There, There's a very unique and it is spreading, but there's a unique culture in California, especially Southern California, the L.A. area. Um, and Mr. Cartoon, I mean, I feel like he he represents it. He embodies it a ton of, he embodies the feeling of Chicanismo down there. Um, also, Cholo culture, right? And um, it's not necessarily a negative thing, um, but there is a certain street art, and uh, he has impacted everything from... Uh, the lowrider culture, hip-hop culture, tattoo culture, uh, you know, mural muralism. I mean, he's just done it all. Okay, so you're listening to Nuevas Voces, a podcast about Mexican art and history, as well as Mexican-American art and history, from a uniquely Utano perspective. In this podcast, we, of course, explore works of art from different perspectives, from a Mexican national perspective, from a Chicano perspective, and from a white American perspective, too. This is episode 19, and in this one, we're going to be asking, what exactly is Cholo culture? The tattoos, the lowriders, the fashion, the music, the hip-hop, all of that. We'll be talking more about Mr. Cartoon's work in a little bit, but first, where does this concept of cholo come from, and how does it relate to or influence Chicano or modern Mexican-American culture and art today? Here's Luis Lopez again. My personal personal experience with it growing up, uh, it was viewed negatively, right? Um, for me, the way the word cholo was used was to describe uh, a gangbanger, right? Um, and so it wasn't necessarily positive, but um, there were certain cultural aspects. Uh, an example would be fashion, right? Um, a popular shoe when I was a kid was the Nike Cortez. Um, for many years, I did not wear Nike Cortezes because of the affiliation with with the streets. Um, but over time, it's it's kind of I, I realized that that fashion, that style, does speak to me, and it is a representation of of who I am a little bit, and also the culture that I grew up around. And so uh, I know the, the actual origins of it um, are not the way we use it now. Um, 
but it does tend to have a negative connotation for sure. Neighborhood music, giving back neighborhood music. Neighborhood music, cruise around the Bronx side of town. Uh, I think a common theme we're listening to is that there's a lot of reclaiming and a lot of inverting of, t- of terms and terminology, and I think that's still the case with, with, with cholos and cholas and and everything in between there. This is Chris Macias. He's also from California originally, but lives in Utah and can also offer a Chicano perspective. But like, like Luis said, you know, Cholo culture seems to be always geared towards those who are, you know, in the streets, behave a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of times that culture is just the way we survive in the streets, you know? Um, a lot of times we, we, we as, as, as a community who identifies that way might... Um, might look a certain way in one community, but then change it somewhere else. You know, we're, we're, we're doing this code switching all the time. And in many cases, when you see somebody look different in a certain setting, you might say, that person looks like a cholo, but I can't pinpoint it. <laughs> you know, they, it looks like somebody's out of place. But there's a certain location where they look 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 uh, like they, they, they do fit. Um, being, you know, a student at the University of Utah and working at the University of Utah, I, I don't see that particular view or, or vision of somebody a lot but there are a few people there who kind of dress that way um have you know you know the, and i don't want to stereotype that either because there's so many different views but you know the, you know the hats and the bandanas and the, and the baggy pants with like the Zidane cortezes the converse chucks etc etc um and we have somebody in the studio wearing them today so <laughs> um <clears throat> but when you see that it, it stands out and, and sometimes even and i'm guilty of this myself thinking what is that individual doing at the university of utah and so but then i'm curious to say hey what's going on what's up you know tell me a little because i have dressed that way because i look that way as well right um i don't call myself that necessarily but i do know a lot of people say oh chris is the cholo on campus (laughs) i don't really know what that means um but because of because again it feels like this is an individual who might not necessarily fit in that particular setting but you know here we are Tripping out on everybody, I don't trust nobody Build myself a new and then I keep it cool Ain't nobody's fooling me, explain why I do the things I do And the way I am, don't know when I can Used to be somebody who would care, feel me, I was there Dude, he fucked me over, didn't know what's up When he did me wrong, shady on the phone before this is Jorge Rodriguez. He hosts the show Cara Domingo on KPCW in Park City. Uh, you know, and I think it, it also has a lot to do with uh, the type of music that we that we listen to. I mean, the music music has always been a, a way to um, to talk about our history, to talk about our culture, and you know, the cholo culture, you know, especially with hip hop and rap, is is very is very much a part of this. Um, and it's really interesting because on my show, I, I play a lot of uh, a lot of you know hip hop and a lot of rap. And a lot of the music that I play has more of a protest tone to it a more of a, a social movement type of tone like you know pointing out social inequities and injustices um and i've had callers uh hispanic callers calling in and saying oh you're gonna play that cholo music and i'm like well yeah but have you heard what the lyrics are saying do you know what they're actually saying or do you just assume that they're just gangbangers and and i feel like this is one of those things that uh that still permeates. It's still a long way to go, but uh, I think it is changing because people are asking questions. Are, are you? Is your interpretation of this accurate, or are you just going with what you've been told all your life? Now 
never fear the consequences It's something that these streets always show me Never give a fuck, it's like a model was the OG Bato so young with a mind so grown Got the old folks having flashbacks of the era of Al Capone With my hood are all alone, I'm always doing my thing Always trying to make shit happen, get it cracking in the game Every day, all day, get money, no play I ain't worried about no fama, I'm just all about my play uh. Um, I think one of the, the common misconceptions is a lot of Chicano music, especially if they're if they're rapping, their MCs will fall under Chicano rap, right? And typically with Chicano rap, you do hear a lot of people claiming sets, claiming hoods, claiming colors, and so people assume, oh, if it's Chicano rap, then it must be associated with some kind of gang. But then you have groups like Cypress Hill, right? Um, you have groups like Cycle Realm. You have groups like Lighter Shade of Brown. Right. And so these groups aren't necessarily claiming sets and it is very much hip hop, but they kind of get thrown into that umbrella term. Sitting in the park on a Sunday afternoon, me and the crew just jamming the oldie tune, sipping on a cold bottle, a brewski. Gave over swig, he passed it back to me. Right about then, I came some other homies, Mike, the Eli P, Jay Smoothfield, and Larry. Um, going right back to, to Mr. Cartoon, I mean, the, the impact of the culture is so big. Uh, Mr. Cartoon created the logo for Cypress Hill for the record label. Uh, same thing for uh, Eminem and Shady Records. Uh, he's tattooed. Eminem, uh, Be Real, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, you know, and so um, it goes, I guess the, the cholo aspect is one tiny sliver of the spectrum of Chicanismo in my opinion, um, but that's kind of what people focus on to make it a negative instead of focusing on the beauty of hip hop and the beauty of Chicano rap. But there's definitely that part of the community who, when they hear this music pulsating out of low-riding cars and urban neighborhoods, as menacing. Some see the street art as graffiti, even vandalism. And some see the tattoos as scary. I'm interested in that tension. That tension between art and graffiti. Between beauty and intimidation. No, definitely. I mean, one of the big things we see, especially with like Mr. Cartoon, is like, um, like skulls, for example, right? Uh, there's a certain way, a certain style um, that they'll, they'll, he'll draw skulls. And if you don't understand it and don't identify with it, it's kind of scary, right? It's with a lot, a lot of people that don't understand the de los muertos. It's a scary thing. But when you actually understand it, it's truly a reflection of what these people are, are living and seeing. Um, and one of the greatest things that Mr. Cartoon has done is take that style and put it on cars. Here's Mr. Cartoon again from a 2016 Superfly Autos magazine interview. Low riding is a way that that we express ourselves, you know. It's uh, movement, motion, you know, dragging bumper. It's our, it's our way of, of, of showboating, you know, of uh, celebrating our Chicano heritage. It's Southern California. It's our, our style mixed with uh, music, you know. We listen to certain type of music when we drive our low riders. We listen to old school funk, funkadelic you know, two classic soul oldies, you know, the Motown sound. Uh, and then sometimes we'll just throw on Flock of Seagulls or, or Duran Duran, because we don't give a fuck.
But yeah, I mean, I mean, Lowriders is, is a good way to get into making your own art bigger because it's mobile art. You know, so we have this, <clears throat> we have a lot of visual art that we call fine art. But in this case, Mr. Cartoon is one of the promoters of calling it firme art. You know, because it stays, it stays in place on a vehicle or on some form of that culture, but then it's mobile, right? And so it gets, it gets to other communities. And that follows the tradition of, of graffiti in the sense that people would then put it on trains. People would put it on other ways to get out of the city or out of the hood that they metaphorically, right, could not necessarily leave and so this is just a continuation of that and i think mr cartoon's style and a lot of the way he does it he does everything by hand everything is freehand he doesn't really keep sketchbooks you know of what he's going to do make it bigger he does things on the spot he does things in collaboration with other artists by hand and sometimes i've heard it's, it's hard to work with him because he just does it on the fly without preparation but also people get inspired by that and want to go back to that in the days of technology in the days of spreading everything via uh, the internet and, and all of that he's actually been able to spread himself without much exposure and if you look online there there is some pages about him he's got some videos and he's got some of those things but it's not a rich network of things to choose from you know for mr cartoon but we all know who he is you know well and, and that's a kind of a general statement but a lot of people know who he is because of the influence As it turns out, much of the inspiration and origins for this Old English scriptwriting style that became associated with urban street art and graffiti was perfected by an earlier L.A. artist known as the godfather of cholo style, Chaz Bohorquez. This is from a 2012 Acclaim magazine video interview with Chaz. The cholo style is really taking up the most prestigious letters that people know, and that's uh, Old English, German Gothic, uh, Faulkner. It's the typeface that we get for our birth certificate, our death cert certificate. When we were inducted into the military, you would get, you know, it would be an old English. Our constitution in the United States is that old English. So that was the foundation of my style. It has developed throughout the years where I have more control. It's become more pointy. It's become more expressive in, in the lines. I've learned to make longer lines, whereas before it would be more blocky and it was about me, 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 intense. Now I write, it's all about, I have a sense of inclusiveness. My work is about us. You can see images of Chaz Bohorquez's work on our website for this podcast. Here's Luis. So this image is called, uh, let's see here, it looks like Blackout Roll Call, right? And so if you look at it, the style of, of writing is, is a hand style, right? When it comes to graffiti, there's there's different types. Uh, some are, are pieces, right? And they're more intricate, different colors. And some are just like little quick little quick throw-ups that people do. And so this is more of that just kind of quick, um, I guess you call it like a handwriting, right? Mm. But with the roll call, it's unique because it's, it's kind of naming everybody, whether it be in your crew, in your set, in your hood, whatever it is. Uh, it's letting you know that who's there, mm. right? We're all here putting all the names up. Uh, and so, uh, you do see these in different neighborhoods depending on where you go. Um, a lot of times it's not going to be their government name. It's going to be whatever hood moniker that they've been given, right? So if you go up there and you see, you know, whatever, Sad Boy, that, that's not their real name, you know what I mean? But people in that neighborhood know who that is, mm. right? And so it's kind of another representation thing of we're here, here are our names that we've given ourselves, right? And we're not afraid to, to put it out there. This is Fanny Blauer. She has our native Mexican perspective. I grew up in Mexico City in a very uh, urban community. And my mom, the building where she lives, 
uh, they paint it, and the next day the graffiti is there. And then they paint it, and the next week the graffiti is there. And I didn't know anything about Mr. Cartoon or what is it, uh, Chaz. But I can tell you that the graffiti that is in my mom's building is that. <laughs> so now I understand there is definitely a message then. It's a type of a language, I believe. And mm -hmm. I'm just curious to see now when I go back to Mexico City, to this neighborhood, see what is exactly what they are trying to say and the influence that these groups have uh, made in Mexico City. You know, with people coming from other communities or also being immigrants in the city. I just think it's fascinating now that I learn about it. Yeah, so just in looking at this again, I mean, I haven't actually seen this in a while. <laughs> so it's cool that we're talking about it, bringing it up. But I used to as well see it in the streets, see it in, in my neighborhoods. Um, and it's this, this certain kind of font, you know, with slight variations here and there depending on where you go. But it's also something that's very shorthand. You know, you don't have to write out everybody's name, complete a list. Because, again, this is something where we're passing through a neighborhood. And so you have to quickly know who's there and quickly know who's, who's representing. Um, and this idea of having an apartment painted and then tagged up the next day or the next week, etc. <clears throat> um, might seem at first glance like vandalism and some, some people who, who have this whole concept of private property and stay away they might really see it as, as affecting them directly or as in a direct attack um, but for the communities who don't have the, these, these places again to do that and it's, it, um, they, they put this font or this sort of style this sort of tags up in the streets to again show their own representation communicate back and forth so it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the 50s, 60s, 70s you know that we all have to show it still because we're still not represented we're still not having the voices accurately portrayed there's more and more of course and I do want to give credit to those who do that, such as Chaz or Mr. Cartoon, etc. But I think that culture still continues. You, aquí estoy, MC Kid Frost. Yo soy jefe, patron, it's the big boss. My quit is loaded, it's full of alas. I'll put it in your face and you won't say nada. Fight those cholos, you call us what you will. You say we are assassins, you're trying to talk and kill. It's in my blood to be an Aztec warrior. Go to any extreme and hold no barriers. Chicano, and I'm brown and proud. Want this chingasso, Simona said, let's get down right now in the dirt. What's the matter? You afraid you're gonna get hurt? I'm with my homeboys, my ties, my camaradas, kicking back on me, yanga, y pa' mi no diga nada. You're switching going, that's it, like Al Capone, that's it. Control a todo, so don't never try to sweat me. Some of you don't know what's happening, que pasa, it's not for you anyway, cause this is for the raza. Well, there is certainly a lot more to learn on this topic of urban Chicano street art, Chicano rap, tattoos, lowriders, and all of that, if you are interested. You can visit our website and home for this podcast, artismexut.org, to find links to several of the documentaries and interviews we touched on in this episode. Please share your own thoughts with us. From an artistic perspective, what is your impression of the Chicanismo, or the Cholo style, that we can see in tattoos, on lowrider cars, or spray-painted on walls? Have you had personal experience with this art form or culture? Do you think it's become mainstream or changed for better or for worse? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our website. As always, thanks to Chris Macias, Luis Lopez, Jorge Rodriguez, and Fanny Blauer for their thoughtful insight and commentary in this episode. The music you heard in this episode comes from Cypress Hill, Delinquent Habits, Lil Rob, M Beats, Miss Crazy, Stomper, Spanky, Loco, Sleepy Locks, Lighter Shade of Brown, War, Locos, Royalty Beat, and Kid Frost. This podcast is made possible by a grant from Utah Humanities. Thanks to KPCW in Park City for the studio space. I'm Ross Chambliss. This is Nuevas Voces.
cruising in the car, you're headed for the Volo. No one to go with me, so I had to go solo. And when I go out alone, I pack. I don't sweat the Javanas when I know that I'm strapped. Every time that I pack my piece, I pull it out quick, all the nonsense will cease. Just like the song when you're 18 with a bullet, got my finger on the trigger, I'm not afraid to pull it. If it gets out of hand, I know some mafiosos quick to pull out quick. There's some stupid ass by Warsaw. Sitting there wondering what's happening, can buy some? 